Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast, episode 1081. This is my interview with Wesley Matthews, and we're discussing his entrepreneurial journey and the insights he has to share. Enjoy. Hey, Wesley, welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. Great to have you here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. For those listening to the podcast, I just commented on your uh, little whiskey selection behind you there, mate. Yeah. Are you in the I, I uh, can't in the tell office? you how old it is. I don't think I've ever taken a sip of it in this office. It's kind of more no. for de- decoration. But... Decorations. It looks good. And you got the coffee machine there. Yep. Drink bars. Use that. I do, I do use that. Days. I yeah. prefer coffee. Yeah. Coffee machine's good. <laughs> and what uh, you're in the office in your, uh, in your business office? Yeah. So I'm in Michigan. Um, yeah. Nice little town called Northville in, in Michigan. Michigan. Great okay. town. Yep. Yep. And you set the company up in Michigan? Yeah, so high level marketing originally co-founded uh, here, like maybe twenty minutes down the road. Uh, we had a beautiful, like you know, started from very humble beginnings, right? Like renting offices from random people. My partner and I finally graduated, got a bigger and better building with a big sign on the building. You know, built that up. You know, really till COVID had a phenomenal office, and then COVID just completely disrupted office. You know, where everybody, like, we had this great culture, this great rhythm of people coming in, and then one day it was just nobody came into the office. And I literally signed a lease for, like, $120,000 one week before COVID happened, hmm. guaranteeing the next year for my rent renewal. So that, that was a little stinger, but uh, life goes on. <laughs> well, you got a thriving company, right? High-level marketing, uh, digital marketing company, I understand. And yep. um, certainly uh, started the company um, several years ago and yeah, started from humble beginnings and now you're quite a successful company with revenues exceeding $20 million. Um, yep. So really today, I want to share your journey from starting to now and yep. um, any advice you can give um, those people listening because uh, we've got a lot of you know entrepreneurs out there, people that are looking to start a company and perhaps people yep. are in the a growth part of their company, um, whether they're in the early stages or later stages where you might be able to share some advice um, for how they can keep on going and keep on growing in a positive yeah, sort of direction. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, started the company back in 2009. Um, mm-hmm. I started genuinely because I saw a pain point in the marketplace where I had worked for a local web company and uh, I was a sales guy, right? And the deals I brought in, they're like, you can do anything. And uh, well, that anything meant every deal I brought through the door, they burned the relationship. And I'm um, like, there's got to be an easier way to do website design development and SEO. So you know, you want something done, right? Right. What do they say? Do it yourself. So that's the journey I set off to do. And uh, fast forward to 2009, I partnered with a partner and uh, this might be helpful to listeners. I found somebody who complimented what I couldn't do very well and vice versa. So we were a really good yin yang. So I was more on the operations, customer service, sales. He was more technology, software. Uh, like I, I, I used to say he's the back of the house. I'm the front of the house. And, yep. uh, you know, the premise was simple, website design development, organic SEO and paid search. Um, I was always an entrepreneur at heart and, you know, I, I wanted to create a reoccurring revenue model. Like that was just really attractive to me. I never wanted to be a one and done kind of guy. So, you know, in 2006, I mean, that's really when SEO kind of like hit the main street where people really understood what that was. So, uh, we kind of hit that hard and just started growing the company and grew that, you know, about 2014, I think is when we did our first million dollars of revenue. Um, you know, kind of some big things along the way, you know, my partner and I, obviously it was a good relationship. However, it wasn't without, without challenges. So somebody introduced me to an organization called EO, 
that stands for entrepreneur entrepreneur organization. And uh, you at the time, like it's lonely being an entrepreneur, right? I think this is back in 06 and this is, you know, almost 50, what or my math is you know, like nine, nine, eight, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was struggling, right? I didn't know where to go to. I had nobody to talk to. I mean, my friends were entrepreneurs. I was kind of like lonely, right? With inside the walls of the organization. Somebody told me about this EO organization and what it was, was a group of entrepreneurs, about a hundred local people in my area, Detroit, that have all grossed over a million dollars of revenue. And they all are founders or the entrepreneur of that business. And I joined that organization right away. And that really helped me connect me with my tribe of people, entrepreneurs. So all the challenges, all the things I was going through, I had a great outlet or other people, like-minded people that are going through the same thing. So you know, met a really great group of people, was able to really get involved and kind of grow and scale the business, yeah. um, scale that. Uh, another big pivotal thing that really helped me was implementing the EOS methodology. Um, that's an entrepreneur operating system, a framework. So I was an entrepreneur. I didn't go away to an Ivy League school. Uh, this was a foundational methodology that allowed me to really you know, and root my company and really get them to buy into a, to a vision. And, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, a lot of stuff lived in my head. I didn't really realize that, you know, why doesn't this person understand what I'm thinking about or what I'm doing, or why can't people run as fast as me? EOS really allowed me to kind of understand myself and translate that to the company at large. That was really effective for my organization. And then, you know, had a great run and then COVID happened, right? Like nobody knew what was going to happen. Fortunately for us, being in marketing and digital, we didn't really, it didn't really impact us. Um, mm. You know, we didn't really lose our clients. I mean, we, you know, our, our price point, you know, from a several hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars a month. I mean, customers really weren't turning that off. And most of our clients were home services, healthcare, senior care realm. Uh, so we just kind of all hands on deck, spent a lot more time with customers, really adding a lot more value. But uh, what that kind of led me on, right? I mean, the, the last several years, even before COVID, I was sort of getting burnt out. Like I'm an entrepreneur. My company got to a point where I'm like, am I really needed here? Like, I'm not really sure what I'm doing. And things started to feel like a job and I like need to create, I need to do. So I kind of felt in this situation where like, is it time to move on? Or as an organization to get to the next level, we had to make some very, very deep capital investments. And I was just quite frankly, like burnt out. I didn't want to do it myself. I didn't want to self-fund it. So um, I was getting calls all the time to sell my mm. company. Like digital marketing was hot during COVID and even a year leading up to it. Everybody's interested and wants to look at buying a digital marketing company. So I randomly took a call from a gentleman. Uh, long story short, he introduced me to a guy uh, from from a different state, had a very like-minded agency. And uh, during COVID, we started a conversation about you know merging the companies together. Uh, and at that time, my partner and I, we were very much like, you know what, if we can cash out, and sell a good majority of the business and get out of the day to day, we'd be really happy with that. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially what we did. We ended up selling uh, 80% of the company, merged the companies together. Uh, we continued on as executives in the organization. Today, the company has about 140 employees, does a little north of $20 million in revenue. Um, I just completed my two year transition from the sale. So really now I am just a shareholder board member of the organization. So I went from original startup founder to growing it to now I am literally just a shareholder and a board member. So I am no longer actively working with inside the walls. So for me, it's kind of completes the entrepreneurial journey as, you know, I 
it's kind of like growing. Like I have, I have five kids. So like, you know, I think when a, when a, a baby's born or they're young, you have to really take care of a child and nurture yeah. it and really take care of it. Um, but again, as a business grows, like a child grows, I think your job is to grow and go a child, just like a business, like things change. The business no longer needed me to, to kind of take it to the next level. My vision was always clear in the sense I wanted to grow that business to a hundred million in revenue and I needed something to change to do that. So it was really me as a leader, as an entrepreneur to say, you know what, I got to get out of the way. I got to get a professionally managed group in here to kind of come in, take it, take over and get out of the day to day. And that's essentially what I did. And then well, here, no. here we are. Good journey. So what's next for you then? Another project? Another yeah. Vision? A lot of stuff's coming out of the woodwork, right? I got to figure yeah. out what I want to do when I grow up. But you know, I, I, I love entrepreneurs. I feel like within the 10 to fit under $15 million space, I just have a lot of knowledge and resources. And I, I, I can speak to visionaries. I can speak to entrepreneurs and I know how lonely that space is because I yeah. was there. Yeah. And I think for me, what really helps me is learning from other people's experiences. And that's really what I've been doing. I've been doing consulting. Um, I got a, like a handful of projects I'm involved with, but you know, I'm just kind of taking it all in kind of, you know, just, just breathing a little bit, but I'm, yeah. I'm ready to kind of go on to the next thing for sure. Well, let's um, share some of that advice that, and wisdom that you've, you've created in your journey. Um, and I, I suppose going back to the first point you made there, about coming up with this idea, if you saw a, a gap in the market and, you know, you had a solution for that. Um, how can you speak to people like that? Because I reckon there's a lot of people out there that probably see this thing but just don't know where to get started, um, whether it's confidence or whether it's knowledge. What is it to, yeah. to get you across the line there and go, yep, I'm going to do this? Yeah, you know what? I think for me, like, when I had that experience with that local company, like, I felt the pain and I'm like, you know what? Like, there is a big need in the marketplace for like a transparent marketing company. You know, I, I saw people getting lied to and I'm like, why can't you just have an open, transparent, you know, dialogue with your customer? So I think anybody, like if you can identify a problem that you're passionate with, I think that's key. And the other thing was I had a lot of people around me that like, they didn't believe in the vision or like a, a lot of naysayers. And hmm. I just felt in my heart, like, this is what I'm going to do. I mean, my goal originally was I wanted to make a thousand dollars a day. Like that was my goal. Like I didn't care what I did, but I'm like, that was my goal. And I quickly realized that it's not about the money. It's about the passion growing something and just more believing in yourself. I mean, there was times when I was like this close from throwing in the towel, right. And just giving up, but I had this burning desire to like, keep going, keep going. There's a need in the marketplace. Cause look, I mean, there's one thing to be like, if the business isn't lucrative or it's just not a viable product in the marketplace. Um, but I knew for myself, web and SEO, like there was a lot of people out there doing really shitty work. And for me, I saw that as a huge opportunity. Um, so that's what worked for me. And I just had, you know, the belief in myself and I found the right people and just, you know, I wasn't the best student in public school. But what I did after I kind of found my way, I started digesting as much business books and, and reaching out and getting as much feedback as possible. So I think believing in yourself and just believing strongly in the product is is 90% of it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So having that passion there behind what you want to do. Um, I mean, money's often a good starter, I think, for a lot of people, because it does it yeah. doesn't matter. But it's really not the not the thing that gets you the success. No, not at all. Huh. Quickly um, realize that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then so you talk about, you know, finding the right people, and I think this must be a challenge for a lot of people, particularly entrepreneurs potentially, to feel like you're giving up part of your journey to someone else and that responsibility. Did you feel that? Yeah, I felt that in a lot of different areas. And the one thing I felt it around the most was like, I was the sales guy. Like I was building all the relationships. I was closing every deal. But at some point I had to say, look, I mean, in order for me to grow and scale the company, I can't be everything to everybody. I had to find the best solution. So I finally found a gentleman who I felt like he could do it about 80% 80% as good as I could, but I had to, I had to set realistic expectations to say, you know what? Like, that's okay. Like my job now shifted to coach him up and help him be more successful and be okay that he may not do it a hundred percent better than me. But I think that's as an entrepreneur, like you, I think what I, if I could go back and change some things, even though I wouldn't, you got to sit down and ask yourself, like, what do you really, really want? Because mm-hmm. you can create a lifestyle business. Are you going to grow people? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? And I didn't ask myself any of those questions. I was like, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. But I think the reality was as an entrepreneur, like you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are perfectionists. Just nobody's going to do it as good as you, but yeah. it's your job to paint the vision and, and coach and lead people up. And, and honestly, get out of their way. I think that's a hard part as an entrepreneur yeah. where if there's problems, you, you have to look in the mirror because they're probably stemming from you. And the faster you can get out of the way and coach people up and let them do what they're good at, the, the faster you're going to grow. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, was there any mechanisms that you had to help you do that? Like to, you know, because I totally get that, you know, no one can yeah. do it maybe as good as you. So standing back and letting them do it without intervening too much. Yeah, you know, it, it was a struggle, right? Because like in my mind, like every relationship I had, every deal, like it was a home run for me. But I think what really helped me, and if I could reflect back, is really understanding that EOS methodology, the entrepreneur operating system. Like reading that book the whole time, I'm nodding my head like, oh my gosh, like this book was written about me because they were able to like say what an entrepreneur, what a visionary is and like how to build an organization around that. And the realization was I was causing all the problems. And I think the sooner I could get out of the way and let you know, find the right people. I mean, even to the point of my, my problem was I used to do all the interviewing, right? Cause I'm the entrepreneur. It's my money. It's my business. I want to make sure who's coming through the organization. The reality is I was terrible at it because I fell in love with everybody I interviewed because they're telling you the best part of what, you know, who they are. And like, I'm an emotional guy. I'm an entrepreneur. So I believe it. I, but then like two weeks later, I absolutely hate the person And I'm like, man, that was a terrible mistake. So literally to the point of like, I had to like remove myself from the hiring of employees, or Mm. at least I'm the third round. That way, at least it got through the team and I would have buy-in of people around me. So fortunately, I was able to find a really good group of core people in the beginning that really were there and in the foundational level of the business. So, you know, it's stuff like that, like entrepreneurs is learning, self-reflection and realizing that a lot of the growth metrics and a lot of the ceilings you hit look look internally first <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. coming from you so that's probably it i mean ex- experience and time too like obviously hindsight's easy but while you're going through it it's very real but um yeah. you know yeah. yeah how did you find balance giving yourself that space as an entrepreneur wanting you know doing everything to begin with as well a lot on your plate a lot of ideas a lot of energy a lot of passion towards what you're doing how where do you find the balance 
you know, I was always big on, you know, like families was always important to me from day one. Right. So when I first started the journey, like I just had my first child and now he's 14, I have five kids. And for me, I was always like family first, you know, I I was always going to take money out of the business. I was never going to be the guy that was going to just work, work, work and put everything back in the business. Like, so my, my, like what I really, really want is I want to build a successful company but I also want to take money out of there to, to support me. And you know, that's what we did. Um, so honestly, I just designed it around that. I mean, I think for the first five years I worked, you know, probably 40, 60 hours a week, but the reality was I, then I slowly stopped coming in on Fridays because I'm like, I'm going to do something for myself on Fridays, like golf, hang out. And, you know, at first as an entrepreneur, I was kind of terrified because I'm like, you know, what are people going to think? You know, I'm not coming in Friday. I have to be here. Like that was my mental state that I'm in control of everything. But once I realized that nobody really cared, I'll never forget. I came in on a Friday after like six months of doing this and people were like freaked out. They're like, what's going on? Did you know, are you okay? And and I kind of realized like, okay, my job as an entrepreneur isn't to come in here and pull all the levers. It's to hire the best people, you know, help architect and design the best systems and processes and, and lead and, and, and be available. Like I don't need to be in the business per se. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when my company just started to take off. I mean, we went from one to Good 5 point. million relatively quick. And if I look back, it was like the more I gave up and delegated and got out of the way and inspired, that's the faster the revenue grew. Yeah. Yeah. I like that story. Yeah. So that, I mean, you asked some important questions there, I guess, self-reflection, important you know, what I want to achieve out of this when starting out. Um, a big part that I think a lot of people miss is that time to plan and reflect. Um, and it's probably one of the, the parts you need to spend the most time um, early on and um, during. What are your thoughts around that? And how did you find time? Yeah, for sure. You know, and again, I I, I go back to the EO. I didn't do it. I was terrible. Um, what was the book that you mentioned this? EO? Yeah, it's called Traction traction. Uh, the methodology is called EOS. So, you know, for the first five, six years of the business, I'll never forget going on vacation with my wife. And she's like, Oh man, you must get like a thousand emails and you're busy. And like, I was always busy. And then I implemented this EOS, uh, strategy and all of a sudden I'm not getting emails, like stuff's getting done. Meetings are effective and like things are actually getting accomplished. And we're not talking about the same stuff week after week. And all the goals in the organization, everybody understands. So like all the stuff that was in my head, I was able to get it in writing and really broadcast it across the company. And now everybody yeah. knew, and and really it was getting everybody rowing in the right direction. Um, and that just created massive momentum. Mm. Um, and until I had that, it was just, I mean, I look back sometimes I kind of get scared. I'm like, I don't even know how the hell I grew it to a million. Like we were so all over the place. Like it was just crazy even though two to 3 million. And then as soon as we implemented that process and got buy-in, what really changed for me was, and what, what EOS sort of instills, it's getting buy-in from the leadership team. You know, I was making a lot of decisions early on, just myself, like my company, my business, I'm going to go this way. Everybody kind of get on board. Well, the reality is like getting to the next level is getting your executive leadership team and everybody sharing ideas, getting on the same page, rowing in the same direction, you know, bringing up issues together and solving those together, being on the same page was transformational for, for the organization. Um, mm. and it was just a different way to teach me on how to get everything out of my brain and get everybody to buy in and work together as a team versus just me. Like, 
top down, yell, you know, hey, this is what we're going to do. Getting everybody's feedback really then helped me, you know, really continue to get to the next levels. Yeah, right. So getting, yeah, getting that buy-in, I suppose. Is there a particular yeah. strategy you do to get that buy-in from your people? I mean, you talk about yeah. spitting down directions at people, but what was your approach? Yeah, so like when we implemented the EOS, uh, there, there's a yeah. part of that. It's called IDS, which is Identify, Discuss, and Solve Challenges. So it gave everybody a format of issues that they could bring to the meeting to talk about. Yeah. And my 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 rule was you can't just bring an issue and dump it on the table. Like you you need you need to come with your solution. So the idea is like I don't care how many problems you want to bring, but don't just dump them on my plate. Like what is your solution? And what we would do is prioritize those as a group because you only have so much time in a day, right? And only so many goals you can work on as an organization. So once we understood the objectives of here's the six most important things we need to get over the finish line this year, that really helped us decide as to what we need to work on hmm. and what we could accomplish together. And everybody agreed. So whether it was my rock or goal or so-and-so's rock or goal over here, Everybody had buy-in, right? Because I had a director of finance. I had a head of sales. I had, you know, so they're like, hey, everybody had an opportunity to be heard. And then we all made decisions together for the greater good of the organization. I was always the CEO early, early on. So like I had the veto power. But when you hire people that you trust and respect, I mean, I, I felt I was going along with them. And then they're making the decision, which means everybody's a lot more motivated to do something when they're bought into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was super helpful. It sounds kind of like simple and basic, but the reality was when that was missing, it, it was chaos. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I'm entrepreneurial. I cause a lot of chaos if there's no structure. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, getting the buy-in from people and getting them to have some ownership in there, um, certainly drives their motivation, um, without a doubt. How do you go about, and probably my final question really for today is, uh, keeping things simple because I, I know as a business owner myself, um, I have this tendency to overcomplicate things and probably do more than I have to. But at some times, and like right now in my business, um, I know the simple things that I need to be doing, but I get this, you know, creative flair to want to add this in and add this in. And, and I've had in the past where, you know, you just complicate things too much that it makes you less effective. How did you find that process? And was that a problem for you? And did you have to manage that? Yeah, I think for me was, uh, so again, it goes back to like my lifelong learning. I joined this thing called Strategic Coach. So I don't know if any of your listeners or you have ever heard of Dan Sullivan. Uh, mm -hmm. He wrote the book, Who Not How. And But there's a tool that they use, which is called the Impact Filter. And again, I think I, I kind of like to ask a question like, what do you really, really want? So for me, it's really clearly identifying what I'm trying to accomplish, like using that as the North Star and then working backwards. But then realizing quickly, like, okay, out of this, what am I best in the world at and how am I going to add value? And I would say nine times out of 10, it's giving it to somebody else to do. Um, and I think that's where I got tripped up a lot is like hanging on to all this stuff, thinking I'm going to get it done. When in reality, there's a lot of smart people around me that are willing, ready to help. So asking for help, sharing, pe you know, sharing with people what you're doing. It just depends if you're working with a team or if you're working by yourself. I mean, shit. Now, if you're working by yourself, you can spend a lot of time with chat GPT four. And that's to me is like one of the best assistants and one of the best knowledge bases. Yeah. I spent a lot of time running scenarios and, you know, putting stuff in that AI model 
And it's really helpful to help me understand. Again, I think as an entrepreneur, the quicker you can identify what you're best in the world at and stay there, the better everything is. Because I think as an entrepreneur, you're like, I can save the world. I can do anything. Or, you know, this might have a hundred steps and I can do them all. But the reality is if you can just stay in like your unique ability and find people to come in and help you, you just move a lot faster. I feel, and that's where as an entrepreneur, I've always, I want the right partners. I want the right people around me. Like I'm not interested in doing stuff by myself Mm. um, because I feel you need the right type of people around you to, you know, to really go. Yeah. Um, That's just how I operate. Might not be right for everybody, but for me, it's, that's kind of what works for me. Well, it seems to have worked for you uh, in your journey. So congratulations, mate. And thanks so much for sharing today, Wesley. For sure. Um, How can people best reach you? What are you working on next? Any final words that you want to share with? Yeah, LinkedIn. uh, LinkedIn, Wesley Matthews. My last name's 1T, M-A-T-H-E-W-S. People are interested in EOS. I love talking EOS. I'm actually uh, getting fully certified to implement EOS for companies. I'm so passionate about it. It really changed my life. Um, Not even just in the business, for just my personal and family. Yep. Um, you know, that, that was a real game changer for me. So, you know, me going through that process allows me to help and coach other entrepreneurs who might be a little scared or naive about it because I'm living proof that there's a, there's a starting point And then there's a point where it just really helps you grow and go. Um, cause I know as an entrepreneur, people want stuff now, like that's how I was. This was a process I had to trust and I was very thankful I trusted it. So I'm actually implementing that for companies right now. So yeah. The EOS again, the entrepreneur. To... What does it stand for? Entrepreneurs. Entrepreneur operating system. EOS. Operating system. Yep. Yeah. But LinkedIn's probably the easiest way people can find me. LinkedIn. Again, Wesley Matthews. And uh yeah, I appreciate it. Mate, thanks so much for coming on. Um, perhaps we can get you back. Um, once you've gone through that EOS um training program, get yeah. you back on and we can talk a bit more about that in depth. For sure. Thank you so much. Thanks, Wesley. Check it out, guys, at thehiddenwire.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there. Um, and anything else really that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link, it helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out again at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there, breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name is Lee Martinuzzi. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.